And so if you have your Bible, you have your notes, you can open up to 1 Samuel 17. Yeah, come on, we get loud about the Word of God. Come on, this book has outlasted all the sicknesses, all the viruses, all the shutdowns, all the changes. This book will stand firm forever. And what we read about in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 17 is a story about a young boy who would be exposed in the midst of a national crisis. Sometimes God uses what the enemy meant for evil to be the very place where he births your greatest miracle. And this miracle that's about to happen in our nation, in our church, in our city, in your family, it's a miracle of killing the giant that's been attacking your heart, attacking your family, attacking your mind, attacking your health, attacking your finances, attacking our nation. It's time to kill Goliath. Come on, it's time to kill Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines were gathered and they were at war against Israel. And, and make no mistake, this was a war for territory. The Philistines, they wanted to take the territory of Israel. Right now, we're in a war with an invisible enemy. And this invisible enemy, as our president has said, comes across with a strong, loud, intimidating presence, trying to shut down everything. But the one inside of you is greater than the one that's in the world. And yes, we are at war with an invisible enemy, but we have an invisible God that is stronger than the invisible enemy that we're facing right now. It's time for the church to rise up with a shout of faith and a shout of hope and a stance of prayer to say, we see you, invisible enemy, but we know our God is stronger than you, corona. Our God is stronger than you, virus. It's time to kill Goliath. So the Philistines gathered in a valley. The battle always happens in a valley. The valley is a place where on both sides, the enemies would stand against each other. The Israelites on one side of the valley, the Philistines on another side. And Goliath came out and he began to taunt the Israelites. He began to shout at them. He brought his spear. He brought his iron weighted shackles and rod. And he had his shield bearer go in front of him shouting. And Goliath said, why do you come out here and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will be your servants. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will serve us all the days of your life. Goliath then said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Now let me tell you something right here. Goliath did not know who he was picking a fight with. When you pick a fight with God's children, 
You've got a father in heaven who says, don't mess with my kids. That's my boy. That's my baby girl. Oh, yeah. Goliath didn't know who he was picking a fight with. These weren't just ordinary people. These were the children of God. And let me tell you tonight, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You are valuable. You are his son, his daughter. And he cares about you. And he loves you. And he fights for his children. You need to know that you have a God in heaven who is fighting for you. You are not alone in this battle. But the Israelites, when they heard these words, they ran in fear. And they hid in their homes. They hid in their caves. They were so afraid of this giant that they all ran off to hide. In verse 12, it says, Now David, the son of Jesse, who was from Bethlehem, a small town where small people came from, God always packages big miracles in small packages. Don't underestimate what you see next to you, what you see in your life right now. God has the power of doing something with nothing. God has the power of taking whatever you have in your life that feels like you're down to nothing. God says, that's where I'm going to start with Bethlehem. I'm going to start with the smallest, the weakest, the least likely. I'm going to start in an economic downturn. In a crisis, I'm about to do a miracle in your finances. When it doesn't even look like it's possible, God is not limited by natural circumstances. We serve a God who has supernatural power. Come on, heaven is not shut down. God is not shut down. And so David was sent by his father to go and deliver food to his brothers. And when he brought the food to his brothers, all of a sudden, the giant came out again. And the giant began to shout his daily shout. There's something you should know is this giant came every single day. It wasn't just one time, it was daily. It was multiple times throughout the day. It seems like we're living in a time right now where multiple times throughout the day we hear new news about the virus. New news. It's like it, it wants to shout multiple times throughout the day a discouraging report. And David is listening to this report as all the other Israelites are listening in fear and discouragement. But David says, who is this Philistine? Who is this guy? What are we running from right now? What is it that we're so scared of right now? Don't we know who we are? His older brother said, be quiet, David. You don't know what you're talking about. Just go back to those sheep you watch over but David said something that I want to say tonight. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? People ask me, why are you doing drive-in services? Why are you giving groceries every day? Why are you guys getting so creative? Why won't you just shut down? Is there not a cause right now? Is there not a cause? We are living in unprecedented times, and it is a cause for the church of Jesus Christ 
to rise up with compassion, to rise up with the gospel, to get outside the walls of the church and bring hope to the hopeless. Is there not a cause? David went to go and ask, what will be done for the man who kills this giant and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? All of a sudden, the other Israelites started to talk to David. And they began to tell him what will happen. And David ran to King Saul. Can I tell you, in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a giant in the land, a giant exposes what's already inside you. A virus and a crisis exposes things that have been lingering around, whether it's fear or faith, discouragement or hope, a sense of creativity or a sense of closure. And it's time that we look in our hearts and say, God, is there anything in me that's holding me back from being who you've called me to be in this hour right now? Is there anything in me? Is there any sin? Is there any shame? Is there any offense? Is there any hurt? Is there any lingering anxiety that I have not surrendered to you? This is an hour that we would say, God, make me bold. God, make me holy. God, make me fear you more than I fear the virus. Lord, cleanse my heart. I repent. This is an hour to repent. Revival starts with repentance. Revival starts with personal repentance, saying, God, I've allowed things into my mind and my heart. I've allowed things into my life that are not of you. In fact, right now, I want to just lead us into a moment of prayer. And then I'll continue the sermon. But right now, across this parking lot, watching online, watching wherever you are, on both sides here, I want to ask us all just to close our eyes. And if you've allowed anything into your heart, into your life that's not of God, Jesus is coming back soon. And he's coming back for a bride that's radiant, a bride that's pure. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So tonight, why don't we humble ourselves before God? Chronicles says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear their prayer, I will forgive them of their sins, and I will heal their land. Repentance starts right here, right now. In fact, here's what I'm going to ask us to do. If you would, just turn the lights off on your car. And if you're here tonight and you say, I need to repent and get things right with God, I want you now to go ahead and turn on your hazard lights. Just click on those hazard lights. Let them begin to beep tonight. There's no fear. Yeah, lights going on all over this parking lot. It's a beautiful thing in God's eyes when the church gets humble enough, when people get humble enough to say, Lord, I need you. I'm seeing blinking lights all over this parking lot. If you could see what I could see, if you could see what God sees, he sees the humility. He sees the repentance. Yes. Yes, God. Lord, I repent right now. God, I ask for your mercy and grace. God, for thoughts and words and actions that aren't pleasing to you. And I ask you, God, for your mercy and grace tonight on every person in this parking lot. Just pray this with me. Say, Lord, I repent 
of any sinful thing that I've allowed into my life. And I receive your forgiveness. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose from the dead. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him a honk tonight. The cross has the final word. What a beautiful moment, church. What a beautiful moment just to see us all coming to God, saying, Lord, forgive me. He does forgive you. And God wants to use you in this hour to be a voice of life and hope, to be a lighthouse to your friends and family, to speak encouragement in the midst of so much divisive, argumenting times. David stepped in an hour and he said to Saul, Saul, let no one lose sleep any longer. Let no one lose heart. I, your servant David, will fight this giant. When Saul heard David say this, Saul laughed. He said, who are you? You're not a leader in this nation. You don't have a government title. You don't have any position of authority on the army. Besides, you're a young boy. Who are you anyways? David said, I've been watching my father's sheep. And when a lion tried to attack the sheep, I rose up with courage, and I didn't run from the lion. I chased the lion. When a bear or a wolf tried to attack the sheep, I would attack the bear back. It's time to attack the giants back. It's time to stop running in fear and start rising up with faith and courage. When Saul began to listen to David recall his victories, Saul had confidence in David. He wasn't really sure what would happen, but he was going to let this young boy decide his own fate. Saul began to try to put on his own armor on David, and David said, I can't wear that. I can't wear that. I'm going to use what I got. You got to use what you got. You got to use the gifts. All of you on this parking lot tonight are gifted. You are anointed by God to take down the giant for your family, for your life. In, in your dreams, God's anointed you for victory. You're anointed for victory. And David said, I will take the sling that I have and the stones that I have. And David ran out towards the giant. Now, tonight, if you're taking any notes, you could just jot this down on your paper. This is what I think is important for us to get. Number one, we've got to see God through what God's word says about him. David understood his power because he understood who his father was. Not his earthly father, but his heavenly father. David was able to see how powerful his God was in the midst of how powerful Goliath pretended to be. We've got to learn to see how great our God is according to his word. God is the same God today that he was when he parted the Red Sea for Moses. He's the same God today that he was when he made a way for Joshua to cross the Jordan River to bring down the walls of Jericho. He's the same God that raised up Gideon and used 300 men to take down 300,000 soldiers. He's the same God that brought Goliath down. You need to know how big your God is. You have a great God. 
Number two, we've got to see ourselves through what God's word says about us. It's not enough to just see what God's word says about God. You've got to see what God's word says about you. You've got to get your identity back in God. David knew who he was because he knew whose he was. David knew that he was a child of God. I want you to just say this with me. I am a child of God. I am valuable. I am a masterpiece. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am forgiven. I am loved. I am redeemed. I am made to do great things that brings glory to God who loves me even on my worst day. And my God will supply all of my needs because he loves me and he has more than enough to give to his children. And I'm one of his kids. Come on, if you believe it, give God some praise. David had confidence to take down Goliath because he knew who he was. He had his identity firmly rooted in what God's word says. Thirdly, we've got to see our circumstances through what God's word says about them. Not enough to just see God through what God's word says about God. Not enough to just see yourself through what God says about you, but you've got to look at this virus and see what God says about every virus, every circumstance, every attack, every Goliath, every giant you face. You've got to look in the Word of God, and the Word of God says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for there are more with us than those who are against us, for there is a greater power that is on our side than the power that's in this world. You've got to know that God sees your circumstances a lot smaller than you see them. This is why tonight I asked if one of our church members would allow me to use their helicopter. And they said yes, because I want the church to know that God sees you from a different perspective. God sees your problems. When you get on an airplane and you go high into the sky, cars look like ants. You can't even see the people, the cars. Everything changes when you get higher. Can I tell you that God's looking at this virus? He's looking at your economic crisis, and he's saying, this is a little thing in the eyes of the Lord. This is a small thing. I can, I can turn things around in a suddenly moment. Don't let this thing become bigger than it really is. Number four, you've got to win on the inside before you win on the outside. David understood this battle was a mental battle. It was an emotional battle. You've got to win on the inside in your thoughts. The battle is between the ears tonight and tomorrow and the next few days when you're tempted to be discouraged or depressed or to make a permanent decision during a temporary battle. You've got to put your hand over your mind and begin to speak the word of God. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this. You've got to win in your thought life. And then number five, you've got to remember your victories. What gave David courage is that he began to recall what God has done in the past. If you had lost in your past, you wouldn't be here tonight. 
The reason you're still breathing tonight is because God has given you some victories. If you've been blessed by God, give him a honk tonight. If God's done something in your life tonight, come on, he's faithful. He's faithful. He did it back then, and he can do it again. I look back in my life, and I remember one night we were in Haiti, and I was with my mom and dad, and we were in an open field, and there was a person there who was demon-possessed, and they began to run towards the stage. In fact, there was a large mob of people who tried to stop us from doing this outdoor service in Haiti, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I was 10 years old, and I was afraid. I didn't know if we were going to get out of there that night. I didn't know if we were going to be attacked by some of the witch doctors that were in that city. But I remember watching my dad point his finger out to the crowd. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I command every devil in hell, every demon to stop right now. And in that moment, those people that were forming a mob to come against us, that person who was running the stage stopped in their tracks. I watched as my dad walked in authority. Where did he get that authority? He didn't get it from his personality. He didn't get it from his last name. He didn't get it from the, the state he was born in or the country he was. He got it because he knew who his God was. He knew the power he had in Christ. We have authority greater than we even realize. The top grossing genre of movies are horror movies that are fixed on the supernatural realm. The world is interested in the supernatural. But can I tell you that we as Christians have supernatural power that's greater than any demonic force, any virus, any devil in hell? You have paranormal authority, church. You have paranormal authority. When Smith Wigglesworth was in his house, one night he woke up from his bed and he wrote this in a book. He said, I, I went downstairs because I heard a sound and when I got to the bottom of my stairs, I noticed the devil was in my house. And he said, I looked at the devil and the devil said, do you know who I am? And it, Smith Wigglesworth wrote in his, his book, he said, I know exactly who you are and I'm not afraid of you. Good night. And he just walked back up to his room, went back to sleep, woke up the next day, peaceful, unalarmed, unafraid. Why? Because he knew, I don't have to be afraid of the devil. I am not afraid of the devil. We have courage when we know who our God is. This is not a time to be afraid. This is a time to rise up with faith. David looked at the giant. And here's number six. You've got to talk back to the giants. If the giants are going to talk, you might talk back to them. It's time to raise a hallelujah. It's time to speak hope in the midst of discouragement. You've got to get loud with your faith. You've got to get your praise in front of your battle. In the Old Testament, any time that they were facing a battle, the Israelites, they would put the worshipers out front. There was power in their praise. There was power in the declaration of their voice. This is a time to not lose your confession. Don't let a virus change your theology. Don't let a virus cancel your voice. It's time to speak with hope. David ran towards that giant that was talking down to the Israelites. And he said, hey, who are you talking to? Let me tell you who I am. 
I am a child of God. Yeah, David began to talk back to that giant. And he said, I'm going to feed you to the birds. And this day, all of Israel will know that there is a God in heaven that's greater than the giant here on this earth. Come on, Jesus. Well, I'm almost done. Let me wrap it up with these last two points here. David began to run towards Goliath, and he pulled out his sling, and he took the smooth stones that he had. It's time to use what you got. Use whatever you got, whatever you have in your house. It's time to get resourceful. It's time to get creative. To the business owners out here tonight, I want to encourage you. God has given you unique creative ideas for such a time as this. God is going to use you in this hour as you get resourceful and creative. God's about to release the secret weapon through the church to shine in the midst of a crisis. David took those stones and he attacked the giant quickly. It's time to attack the giant quickly. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another week. It's time to attack it with faith tonight. It's time to go into your house and begin to anoint your house with prayer. Anoint your house with worship. Take oil and just begin to speak over your house, over your business, over your family, over your children, over your parents. It's time to attack the giant quickly. And here's the last thing. David, once he attacked that giant, he released that stone and it went straight into Goliath's head. We're about to have impact as a church to take down this giant of discouragement that's been trying to weigh down our nation and weigh down nations around the world. Goliath is going to fall. 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 Goliath is falling. Goliath is falling. Goliath is falling. Goliath is falling. The virus is falling in Jesus' name. The virus is falling in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray right now for every person that's watching this, every person here, I pray for healing. I pray for faith. I pray for hope. I pray for wisdom. And God, I pray for strength for those who are feeling weary right now, for those who've lost their faith, for those who are questioning everything right now, for those who aren't sure where to stand, and they're looking at science, and they're looking at the Bible, and they're looking at the data, and they're looking at the facts, and they're listening to this doctor, and they're listening to this president, and they're listening to this leader. I pray, God, that you would clear the clutter in our minds and get our eyes and our hearts fixed back on the unchangeable Word of God. God that has outlasted every single virus, every single scientific fact and doctor. Lord, I pray right now, God, for revival, revival here. In just a few minutes, we're going to dismiss and we're going to feed those of you, give groceries to those of you that are in desperate need of help. But I believe this is an hour for the church as well to rise up with compassion. And if you're here tonight and maybe you are doing well, you're okay, you've got groceries, I want to encourage you this week to look for someone who you can minister to, that you could give some canned goods to, that you could drop some groceries off at their apartment, their house. As a church, that's what we're going to continue to do is just get creative with ministering God's love and compassion. And as we get ready to get to this final moment of service, I'm going to ask our band to just lead us in a worship song because tonight it's time to declare that Goliath 
is going to fall. Let's begin to worship God right now.